Alright, hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Ask Laker Lance podcast. Uh, this is Laker Lance here. Um, I'm doing my podcast where I'm going to talk about things relevant to the Lakers, um, especially now as we're getting ready to kick off our playoff run for 2012. Uh, the last game of the season just uh, ended tonight as I record this. Um, Lakers played Sacramento Kings. It was we were already locked into the third seed of the conference. Um, we weren't going up or down, so obviously they we rested all the starters. Um, there was some question on whether or not Kobe was going to play because he had uh, he was very close to the scoring title. Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, we ended up uh, playing Denver. Who I believe is the number six, uh, number six seed. It was looking for a while like we were going to play Dallas, which I know a lot of Laker fans were really excited about. Um, me in particular too. I mean, who doesn't want to taste that sweet revenge um, against Dallas for for sweeping us last year in the playoffs? That that would have been that would have been nice, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, they end up playing Oklahoma City. And I'm sure Oklahoma is going to dispose of them handily. So we'll just have to watch that happen from afar as we play the Denver Nuggets. He <laughs> Nuggets. Um, now, I kind of get in the feeling right now that people are saying, oh, Denver, nice, cool, no problem. Denver, who's Denver? Who do they have? Nobody. We're going to walk all over Denver. Um, let me say we need to be careful here because Denver is a good team. Okay, Denver is a young team. Denver is an athletic team. Denver can get up and down the floor. Denver can play defense. Denver has a fabulous coach. Denver should not by any stretch of the imagination be taken lightly in my opinion. Um, they always give us fits every time we play them and they're they're a real good team and we oh, Man, I really hope the team doesn't come out to the first round thinking, okay, well, this is just like a warm-up until we get to the good teams because we will find ourselves getting swept out again, um, just like last year, and it'll happen in the first round instead of the second round. So Denver, we really need to come to play. We, everybody needs to be on their game. We're not going to have Ron Ron, a.k.a. MWP. Um, that's that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt us a lot. Not having his his defense is going to hurt a lot. And like I said, Denver's a really good team. And uh, it's I think it's going to be a really good series. And it's not going to be um, a cakewalk, as kind of I'm getting the, the sense that people think it might be. So people need to be, be aware. Denver's good. And they're going to play us hard because they love beating us. I mean, who doesn't love beating the Lakers? I mean, it seems like every single arena we play in, had a chance beat LA, beat LA. So there it is. Um, that game starts starts on Sunday. Hopefully, this podcast will get out before that. Um, and then my plan is what I'd like to do is do uh, a podcast. Hopefully, after every playoff game, 
Um, so I figure 17 would be a good number of podcasts to do to finish out the season because that would be kind of sweet, if you know what I mean. So, cool. So let's get into it. Um, I have questions here from fans as part of the, the concept of the podcast, which I'm, I'm, I'd like to adopt and see if it works, which is I'm going to take questions um, from people, fans, uh, not fans of the podcast. When I say fans, I mean liquor fans. Um, questions or concerns or topics, um, what people are talking about and thinking about um, regarding the Lakers and, and then talk about them here. So I, I do have some, I've gotten some input from some pretty cool people about some questions that people are talking about and wondering uh, in terms of the Lakers. So I think we're going to jump on into that and see what, see what we got here. Um, the first person I got is Tom Willette. Now Tom has a few really good questions. He says, one, should Kobe have tried to play in the last game to score the 38 points to win the scoring title? Um, what was the NBA's ruling on MWP correct? Was it too much? How important was the signing of Ramon Sessions this season? And was Mike Brown the right choice to coach the Lakers? These are all fabulous uh, questions and fabulous topics. Let's go with the first one first. Should Kobe have tried scoring 38 points to win the scoring title? Um, you know, that that's a big thing. That Everybody was talking about that. I'm sure when, once this podcast comes out, everybody knows that Kobe did not play in the last game. He didn't go for the title, for the scoring title. He kind of conceded it to Kevin Durant. And I, I definitely think that's that was the way to go. Um, Kobe was interviewed saying, um, he was quoted saying that it doesn't really mean anything to him. The scoring title, I mean, he's done it before. It's not, it's not what he's here for. It's not what he's about. He's, he wants to figure out a way to help the team win a championship. And that's what he's, that's what he's going to do. That's his first, second, third, and fourth priority. So the scoring title pretty much doesn't really mean anything to him. Now, is, is that true? Is it not? I look, my my feeling is with Kobe, I mean, anything he says to the media is is kind of <laughs> Kobe's very adept at talking to the media. He's he's really good at it. He's been doing it a long time. He he's like Nuke Lelouch. He he knows his sound bites and he gives them and he has a way of saying it, you know, comfortably so that it sounds like all nice and, and I think there's a little bit of nugged truth in things that Kobe says, but I also don't really trust anything that he says to the media any farther than I can uh, that I can throw him. So, I mean, would he would he have liked to win the scoring title? Of course he would. He's a competitor. You know, of of course he would, but is it his end all be all goal of course not i think that's true and we all know that you know so i don't i don't think he minds and the thing is i, I think that there's in terms of the media goes there's such a huge faction of people who are for lack of a better term kobe haters um that if he would have played in this last game obviously the only reason he would played is to try to take the scoring title from Kevin Durant, or just just win it, and I'm sure everybody would say, "Oh my gosh, Kobe is of course he's so selfish, and he only cares about himself. He only cares about stats. You know, that's the only reason he's playing. It's ridiculous. He should be saving himself. He should be resting for his team. All that stuff would have gotten said, and it would have been blown completely out of proportion, and it would have been a kind of a pain in the butt, and it would have been a, maybe even a little bit of a, a distraction to the team. So, in that sense, I think it's great. It was a great decision for him to not do it to sit and just concede the scoring title to Kevin Durant 
because now people are going, oh, wow, Kobe, maybe, maybe he's not just selfish. Maybe he's not all about himself. Well, yeah, newsflash, you know, he's not. Kobe, he's not stupid. Okay, Kobe realizes that he can't win a championship by himself. He needs his teammates. He needs the team. He needs the coaching staff. He knows that it has to be a full team effort if they're going to make it all the way to the promised land, as they say. So that's exactly what he's doing, and I think it makes sense. So, sure, it would have been fun to see him you know, try to go out and, and score more than 38 points to get the scoring title, but I think this was the right thing to do. I, I fully, uh, fully support it, and I think it was a smart move. It was the way to go. Uh, Tom's second question was, was the NBA ruling on MWP correct or too much? Now, this is also a topic that has been talked about a lot, you know, pretty much ad nauseum the last couple days, at least in the media. Um, is it too much? I mean, I've read people who are writing, it was way too little, and the NBA totally dropped the ball. They should have really made a point of, of penalizing him much more severely, and I think, uh, I think that's ridiculous. Okay, seven games is a pretty severe penalty. Now, yes, obviously it's a blow to the head. That's a serious, serious thing. It, sh it should not be taken lightly. It should not be passed over. He should have been suspended. We all knew he was going to be suspended, and and he was. And and everybody, the team supports that. The coaches that supports that. Everybody supports that. Everybody understands. He should have been suspended. Now, I don't think it was too lenient myself. I don't think it was too much either. I think it was pretty much fair. I know that they that the league thought about it a lot. They took a couple days to decide it. They didn't do it right away. You know, I, I know that, you know, his past kind of came into it a little bit. Everybody knows his past. Everybody knows what happened in Detroit, you know, and I think that that did play a little part of it. But I think a lot of the talk where everybody's saying, oh, you know, he's back to his old self and, and he's just, you know, a little bit crazy and there's no telling what he's going to do and they should have suspended him for the rest of the season. All that stuff is is ridiculous, I think. You know, I mean, Ron's a good guy. Anybody who's been around him, I don't know him personally, obviously, but I mean, I've read a lot and know, I've read, listened to a lot of people who do know him personally. And I'll say he's he's the nicest guy. He's a sweet guy. He does did, does tons for charity. He has for the last couple of years. You know, he's but he's. I mean, let's be honest, okay? Ron, Ron, he, he's a little bit crazy. <laughs> all right, we we all know that, and it's just kind of you take you take what you get with with Ron, Ron. And now with the dealing with exactly what happened on the floor with him, I mean. Look, anybody who watches the game can see what Oklahoma City was doing to everybody all through the game. They have this little thing. It's like an intimidation thing that they do where they, you know, they like to go up and stand in somebody in your like personal space. Like if you get if you go out of bounds, they'll stand right there on the boundary line. So you have to like walk around them just to get back on the court. Just just little things like that where they also they get right in your in your space, in your grill and just stand there and force you to either like bump into them or walk around them. They they do it constantly. They they do it they were doing it to every player, you know, they did it to poor little Devin Ebanks all the time. You know, and I think that's exactly what what Harden was doing to to Ron Ron. He just dunked on three guys, you know, and he turned around and and Ron Harden just ran up and kind of pushed himself right into him. You know, he he could have ran around him very easily, but he didn't. He ran right right into him, gave him a little bit of a shove. Now, uh, is that justification for Ron elbowing in the head? Of course not. Of course not. Okay, but. 
it's not like Ron Harden was just standing there, you know, reading a book of poetry, minding his own business. Okay, he he bumped into Ron, and then Ron was excited, and I think Ron meant to like you know elbow him out of the way. He just wasn't thinking because you know it's Ron Artest, and he doesn't always think all the time. He didn't realize his elbows were so high, and that he connected with with the head, and but he did, you know, and he didn't react immediately to it. He didn't like stop and go, "Oh man, are you okay?" That made it completely worse, you know. He went down the, the rest of the floor and st still tried to defend himself and then, like, stepped off to Ibaka when he came up to him and all that stuff didn't make it better. And then, of course, the replays that everybody was playing forever showing him, like, growling and it just... It was a no-win situation. I mean, obviously, he should not have done it. He, you can't ever throw elbows. I mean, people throw elbows all the time. I mean, Dwight Howard threw, throws elbows all the time. He just doesn't connect. If he would connect to somebody with the elbows that he throws, he would be suspended also. But probably not as much as Ron Artest because he doesn't have the history. But people throw elbows all the time. Carl Malone was, oh my gosh, malicious about throwing elbows all the time. Andrew does it. And it's not like Andrew is above a cheap shot. You know, so it's it's it kind of sucks that we're kind of getting a little bit of a reputation, you know, with these cheap shots, which is which is not good. It's not good for the league. It's not good for us, and it just gives Laker haters, you know, something else to talk about, which is uh, you know not good. But regarding the the ruling on Ron Ron, I think I think it's fine. I think it's good. I think it's fair, and it's gonna it sucks if we take care of Denver inside of six games because then we're gonna lose him for the beginning of the second round which is going to suck. But you know what? You do what you got to do, and you live with what you live with. So we have Ron, better for worse, so we're going to live with it. Uh, how important was the signing of Ramon Sessions this season? Oh, my gosh. Hugely important. That was the huge, biggest coup. I remember the, the day when they traded for Ramon, and I found out about it. And I was like, wait a minute. We, we, we traded who? What, what was it? Luke Walton, I think? For Ramon Sessions, basically, and uh, some other guy, 88, who played tonight and remembers his name, Ibaka. No, that's not him. Something starts with an E. But um, I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Tra trade of the year. I was so super excited. It was like almost like when we when we stole Pal. You know, it was that big of a deal. And then, but then of course, like an hour later, I found out that we had traded Derek which I was obviously not happy about. And still, I think it's, it's, it's hurt us in ways that they may or may not even realize. I mean, all this business with Andrew be, becoming a head case, you know, pouting on the floor and getting benched and shooting threes and saying stuff that he's saying, all this stuff started happening right after Derek was shipped out of town, you know. Is it related? Who knows? I don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden we lose that locker room presence and then Andrew starts going crazy thinking he's whatever he thinks. So uh, anyway, not to get off off point, I think the signing of Ramon Sessions was huge, 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 huge. Could not have been bigger. Biggest trade of the year, obviously. Uh, was Mike Brown the right choice to coach the Lakers? All right, here's the thing, here's the thing on that, okay? When I first found out that Mike Brown had been hired to coach the Lakers, I was upset. Okay, I was mad because I thought it was the most ridiculous decision ever. Because, you know, Laker fans, we all, we were rooting for B. Shaw. We wanted him to be in there. The team wanted him. We thought it would be a great transition. That's what he's been, had been grooming for for the last couple years. And then to bring in, 
the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, in my opinion at the time, was completely overrun by LeBron James in Cleveland. And LeBron ran that team in every way, on and off the court. So I was like, this guy is going to get... I mean, if he can't handle LeBron, how is he going to handle Kobe and L.A. and the media? And oh, I was really, really upset. Now, that being said, I honestly think that Mike Brown has done a really great job this year. I think he's he's really stepped it up. I think he had a plan coming in. I think he's been sticking to the plan. He had a real disadvantage of not having a a preseason and a training camp because of the lockout. That really, really hurt us. And um, I think it's been it's taken all season long for the team to kind of mesh with the defensive concepts that he had that he was trying to implement in the team. And I think they're just now kind of getting used to it. You know, it's taken this whole time because of the lack of, of training camp and the lack of practices, really, they have during the year, which is really next to next to nothing. So I, I think Mike, Mike Brown right now was definitely the right choice. I think he's, he's doing a great job, and he's playing to his strengths, and he's, uh, he's not a dumb guy. I think he's a smart guy, and he's doing a good job. Uh, all right, moving along. Pedro Navarro says, asks, uh, with such a shortened season, how did this how did this affect the players mentally and physically? I, I think it definitely affected the players. I think it affected the players on all teams, not just the Lakers. You know, I mean, physically, obviously, a lot of players when the lockout was ended, because it was it was immediately. We didn't know if we were going to have a season at all, and then all of a sudden, boom! All right, we're starting in two weeks. So guys were not in shape. Ron Artest was not in shape. Lamar was not ready to play. I mean, it ended up not being it ended up being a moot point because we shipped him out when he demanded a trade. But still, guys were not ready to play physically, you know. And then mentally, like I just was just was saying before about you know implementing a brand new system. It's a brand new coaching staff. That's that's tough to do when you have an entire training camp. But to try to do it with no training camp and just start the season and go it it's it was going to take a while for things to gel so yeah i think it i think it affected everything and obviously teams who were bringing back the same coaching staff and pretty much the same personnel benefited i think from that um lakers did not because of the fact that they had all all new coaching staff and all new system you know playing the triangle for years and years and years and then having a completely a new system to adapt to was was difficult, and I think that was a big learning curve uh, because of that. Definitely. All right, Gabe Dulick, my buddy Gabe. He says, um, "Was Meta making a statement with the elbow, or just relapsing? And how much will his absence affect them in the first round? And will this expose the lack of depth off the bench by having to start a normal bench guy?" Um. I don't think he was making a statement, no, because making a statement would imply that he is like planning it out and planning what he's going to do. I don't think Ron plans the damn thing. <laughs> I think Ron, it, I'm just going to call him Ron, all right? I'm not going to say Meta World Peace because it just it sounds silly. So I, I think Ron Artest lives in the moment, definitely. <laughs> he's He doesn't know what he's going to do moment to moment. So no, I don't think there was any thought whatsoever in the elbow and there should have been a little bit but no I don't think it was he was making a statement um it, he just got caught up in the moment and lost control that's all there is to it and you know he shouldn't have and it's kind of scary but you know with Ron I, I I'd rather have him more aggressive than passive 
You know, I want Ron Artest. I don't want Metal World Peace. And and he was starting to do that. Even before Kobe got injured, he was really starting to turn around, get more aggressive, and it was really making a difference in the team. And obviously when Kobe went out with the shin, he really stepped it up and he had a lot more room and he was able to be really successful. And then when Kobe came back, he's able to continue that. I thought that's great. What I don't want and the one fear that I have is that now coming out of the suspension he's going to go back to metal world peace and go back to being kind of not not as as aggressive as he was now i don't think that's going to happen um, i'm afraid that it might but i don't i honestly i don't think that's what's going to happen i think he he knows enough to know how he needs to be for the team to be successful and he needs to be aggressive he just can't elbow guys in the head <laughs> you know it's it's that simple so that's what he needs to do. And I, I think he knows that. I think he knows that. Uh, will this expose the lack of depth off the bench by having to start a normal bench guy? Uh, yeah, completely. I mean, you know, it's no secret. The Lakers bench sucks. Okay, now, the, the guys are good. I, I actually, I like the guys that we have. You know, I, I think there's a lot of good things there. I mean, I love Josh McRoberts. I just think he's a stud. I, I think he's he's a bruiser. You know, he's like an old-school bruiser. He's not afraid to get in somebody's face and get up there and do the dirty work. He's a big guy. I love his socks. I think he's a, he's a great, great player, and I really, I really like what he's done. And Matt Barnes, obviously, has been playing out of his mind before he, he, sprained, his an, he sprained his ankle. Hopefully, he's going to feel better soon and, uh, and get back to playing, even though he did come back with a taped ankle after he, he got it hurt, but you know that he's not 100%, so hopefully that'll happen. But, you know, guys are just going to have to step up. That's that's the name of the game. That's what happens. It happens in every team, in every sport. Guys get hurt, and and the next guy's got to step up. That's just what it is, you know? That's that's life. That's life in professional sports. So, yeah, we're going to have to see. Somebody's going to have to step up. So, there it is. Um, Gabe also says, why did it take so long to give Jordan Hill a chance? And will he have any playing time in the playoffs? Well, nobody really knew what Jordan could do. You know, we was trading the beginning and the middle of the season. Um, I know Josh and uh, Troy Murphy were switching off, backing up Andrew. And there it was. But when Andrew started, you know, going off and I don't pouting or whatever he was doing or taking games off and not rushing back and he started to get benched, you know, we figured, hey, let's let's try out Jordan and see what happens. And he played great. I mean, that's the thing. When he played all those minutes um, against Oklahoma City a couple games ago, he it was it was fabulous. He was doing great. It was mostly because of his defense. He was really effective, and that's why Mike Brown kept Andrew out of the game for the entire fourth quarter, first and second overtime. Andrew sat on the bench because Jordan was he defends the pick and roll better than Andrew, plain and simple. So I think because of that. And because of how well he played tonight against um, Sacramento, I definitely think he's going to get the minutes, 100%. You know, he's going to, I think he's going to be the first off the bench uh, after Andrew. And I think he should. I think he should. I think he's a, he's a good player, and he's, he's an energetic guy. He's a good athlete. Um, and he knows he can protect the rim. But most importantly, he can guard the pick and roll. You know, if he can defend the pick and roll, then you should be playing. So Andrew needs to wake up and quit pouting about whatever he's upset about and get in there and start working. Because when he decides to do that, he's a beast. Nobody nobody can stand up to him. But the problem is he's so mentally fragile that he gets 
you know, he gets upset about something and then he starts pouting and then he doesn't play. And then, you know, Coach Brown gets upset and benches him and then he pouts more and it's just this cycle. So he needs to just figure it out, man. Andrew needs to grow up, grow a pair, get out there and play hard all the time because that's what the team needs to win a championship, period. You know? Uh, cool. All right. Last um, last guy to contribute, um, Stuart Irell, good friend of mine. He says, the real issue on my mind is this. He says, what happens to the Lakers post-Kobe? Now, the Lakers had a few rebuilding seasons with uh, Tricky Nick and <laughs> three out before Kobe came along. Uh, so should the plan be to make a blockbuster trade for the new franchise player, or should we be rebuilding around someone on the current roster? Okay. Here's here's my take on that, okay? I believe 100% that the future of the Lakers, meaning post-Kobe, the future of the Lakers and the success of the current Lakers right now is all tied together. It's all the same thing. And to me, that is the twin towers of Andrew and Powell. That's what the team needs to be building upon, okay? That's going to be, that's the future. I mean, Andrew obviously is, what, 20, mid-20s? You know, Powell's a little bit older. Powell's 30, I think he's 29, I think he, I think something, coming up on 30. But still, he's he's still got a few more years of prime play. And then, you know, after that. And I, I think they, those two guys, we need to be treating that like, like Tim Duncan, David Robinson type duo. You know, play them both, the Twin Towers, win championships on that right now. That's, what the, that's, our, that's our identity. That's the one thing that we have that nobody else has. The one team that the Lakers have that nobody else has is our size. It's always been there for the last few years. The last two championships we've won, that's been the deciding factor, is our size. The two guys up front playing together, using each other, and using our size. Okay, that's what makes us different, and that's what's going to put us over the hump if we get over the hump this year. The fact that we have Kobe in the backcourt on top of that is just gravy. That's bonus. That's security, you know, and that's why I, I believe right now nothing should stop us from going and winning a championship. With those two guys and Kobe, sky's the limit. And I, I think working that in and really establishing our team identity, identity as that, as the two towers, those two guys, as opposed to Kobe's team and then the two tall guys. But the team, the Lakers, needs to be Pal and Andrew. And then Kobe, the Black Mamba, comes in, slithers in from the side, and then kills you, you know, from the side when you're not even expecting it. That's how we're going to win now. And then once Kobe is gone, I think the development of those two guys... Um, going into the Andrew Bynum era, you know, that's that's the future, you know. The fact that Andrew's a head case, does that scare me? You're damn right it does. Definitely, 100% scares me because, man, he's got some growing up to do, you know. And I, I think Kobe's doing a good thing mentoring him right now and he's saying the right things and supporting him in the ways that, that he needs to be supported, you know, so that Andrew doesn't, you know, feel like he's on an island a little bit. He feels part of the team and feels supported, and I think he, he kind of listens to Kobe a little bit too. So I think that's that's a good thing. I think Powell definitely 
can step up and take a bigger role in terms of mentoring Andrew. I know that, that and and that Powell does have Andrew's ear. You can see it. You can see it on the bench. You can see it on the on the floor when they're out there. They talk. Andrew listens to him. Powell's the guy that he needs to listen to. Powell can teach him how to how to be great. Because um, Powell is, is such an intelligent player. He's such an intelligent basketball player. He's so skilled. Um, those two guys working together you you can't you can't beat it there's no no team in the league right now has anything that can stand up to that you know so just just that in itself just take kobe out of the equation just that in itself we should be able to win championships which is why my take is that that's how we're going to win championships in the future even post kobe it's the same the future now it's all the same so that's my take Okay, um, I'm excited about the playoffs. We're about ready to start. Game kicks off in a couple days. Um, hopefully, I can get this podcast out before the first game so that I can uh, put out another one after game one of the first round, LA versus Denver. Cool. All right. If you dig the podcast, whatever, if you guys want to um, get in touch right now, you can do it through Twitter. You can uh, find me on Twitter, uh, Laker Lance. You can find me at Ask Laker Lance. So get on there, ask me questions, tell me what you're thinking about, and um, we'll talk about it on the next show. And I'll call you out. No problem. All right? Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. And um, we'll be back after game one of round one. Western playoffs. Laker Lance signing off. Bye.